shop actually eventually grew to where I had four technicians, a service rider. It was good business, but then things change and it was time to move on and do something where I felt more comfortable. Hi, and welcome to Getting to Know You, where we learn more about Buckeye Automotive team members and customers, as well as members of our surrounding communities. I'm Scott Thomas, and today our guest is Rick Barnett, a technician at Buckeye Honda, uh, who's been with us for, remind me, Rick, how long uh, have you? It'll be six years six. in October. Fantastic. So welcome, Rick. We're glad to have you. Thank you very much, Scott. So um, I walked around the dealership this morning, and uh, Rick was the lucky uh, winner of the Who Gets to Be on the Podcast today. And uh, so Rick's been with us for six years, does a great job as a uh, highly skilled technician, and I thought it would be good for him to share a little bit of his background, get to know him a little bit better, and I'm sure he'll have a story or two. Rick's usually not Uh short on words. We'll see about that. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So Rick, uh, we usually start here at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your childhood, where you were born and went to school and that sort of thing. I'm a native to Lancaster, Ohio. I graduated from Lancaster High School in 79. Um, After that, two years after that, I moved to California and lived out there for almost 20 years. Wow, yeah. And then moved back to Ohio and been here ever since. Great. So uh, your family's still here in town? Um, No, I'm pretty much it. My son lives in town. My daughter lives in Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. All my... Because my sisters, they live down south, South Carolina area. Gotcha. Um, Okay. Sounds good. What would you like to do in high school? Did you you do the auto tech program in high school? I was in the auto shop, and it was great. It was a good program. I did, when I was in school, I did, uh, I worked at Wayne's Auto Parts in the machine shop. Worked there for a couple years. Yeah. Um, So, and then worked in shops, and that's, I've done everything from heavy-duty trucks to cars to race cars and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to talk about race car here in a little bit because Buckeye's race car is uh, going to be having a special race here in a couple of weeks, and Rick's done a lot of work on that. So um, what made you get interested in working on cars? I, pretty much my dad was a mechanic at one point, tool and die maker, so I've always had that ability. Um, one year when I was little, uh, probably 10 years old, I tore apart our brand new lawnmower to put it back together and okay. wasn't How, really how'd that go? <laughs> folks weren't real happy, but <laughs> it ran and everything was good when I was done. So okay. it worked out. Well, sounds like it was okay, but they were probably a little surprised to come home and see a bunch of parts laying in the garage or Yes, correct. Sometimes in the sometimes in the kitchen too. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Mom wasn't happy. Mom wasn't happy. She didn't like to cook amongst the lawnmower parts. Correct. All right. What else? So, uh, what what uh, what kind of car did you have in high school? Would you would you drive and what um, you work on? I had a '78 Chevy pickup truck, four wheel drive, lifted and stuff. That was what what I did back then was, you know, the lifted trucks that was in high that back there the in the '70s, thing, yeah. '80s. So that was good. And then we worked on uh, demolition derby cars. Uh, Ron Reynolds was the shop teacher at that time in at Langster High, and I used to go out to his house after school and help him with demolition derby cars. Cause it was just something I liked working on cars and it yeah. was fun to help. Do you guys uh, have a, ever have a winner in the demolition uh, he derby? He won quite a few derbies. He? he had some big trophies. So okay. yeah, it's a lot, it's totally different than anything else. I mean, yeah. it's just, you, you, uh, try to protect the radiator. You know, there's not, you're not going real fast, but the biggest thing is trying to keep the car moving as long as you can. Right. Yeah. We we had a demolition derby car a couple of years. It's been a while, uh, but there was a lot involved in that. I was really kind of shocked to learn about all the 
just the work that needs to go into a demolition car to be safe Try and, to be safe, and, yes. and obviously give you a chance to win. So, yep. Oh yeah. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Good. Um, so you went to California. What took you out there? Um, I had happened, my sister and brother-in-law at the time, we, uh, went to Cal, we went out there for Christmas one year and just happened to be out there and I'm looking around. I'm like, you know what? I could really live here. There wasn't a whole lot going on in Lancaster at that time. I mean, a lot of the guys, a lot of people I went to school with, it's like, yeah, I'm going to go work at the hockey or I'm going to do this. So I'm like, you know what? California, it'd be worth a try. So when I was there, I filled out a couple applications and I'm like, Hey, if I hear something fine, if I don't fine. Yeah. And come, I think it was March. I got a phone call from Arrowhead bottle water and said, Hey, when can you come out for an interview? And I said, can I call you back tomorrow? So that day I went to work and said, I have two weeks vacation. I'm going to put in my two weeks notice and I'm going to California. So yeah. that's just packed up and drove cross country, got into California on a Wednesday. What went part of California was that? Uh, Southern California. I lived in um, Huntington Beach, uh, worked in LA. But uh, when I, um, like I said, I got into town on a Wednesday, I interviewed on Thursday and I started to work on Friday. Wow. So that was not a there was no time for enjoying right. right then but it was a good place it was fun yeah. i liked working on big trucks and it was a good place to get so my you feet worked wet. on the on the arrowhead water like arrowhead the, water trucks the, like yeah, the big bottle big water, water trucks water like trucks, we have yeah. around here um really big business in california but we had a fleet and i worked there for nine years and at one point i quit going to la and they had an opening at the orange branch which was about 15 minutes from my house. So I'm like, okay. So I ended up being the head mechanic at that branch. And I was responsible for 65 route trucks, 14 forklifts and about four or five semi trucks. Wow. And I was probably in my about 27 years old then. Wow. My tire budget for that facility was a million dollars a year. Wow. Yeah, so you so had was, a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it was, it was good. I liked yeah. it. It's yeah. the challenge. Yeah. The challenge is always a good thing. So you left there. I know you worked for a large Mercedes store out in California. Tell us about that. Or um, where'd you go next, I guess? Well, what I did is uh, at Arrowhead, I was basically is always looking to move up in in a company and do something else. Um, my upward movement was there was nothing else I could do unless somebody else, you know, moved away, a supervisor or whatever. So... I inquired about a Mercedes dealer that a friend of mine worked at. And so I interviewed and they're like, yeah, come on down. So I went to work at, uh, when I first started, it was Jim Slemons Mercedes Benz in Newport Beach, California. And when I started there, there were about 30 technicians. Um, he had some financial problems from a GM that kind of ran a Mercedes Benz dealer into the ground. So another, uh, gentleman by the name of, um, Fletcher Jones bought the dealership hmm. out of bankruptcy and it thrived. He, you know, he knew yeah. what to, he was doing and got everything going. So when I left there in 1999, um, there were 85 technicians at the facility that wow. I was working at. We did a, on an average about 400 cars a day. And so you it was were, a busy place. You were a, uh, I was a team leader. Yeah, I had, uh, I had, uh, nine guys that worked underneath of me. Yeah. So, it was good. I, yeah. I liked that too. That was another another job that I really love. I love the challenge. Uh, there was a point in time there before I became a team leader. I uh, 
did two years of nothing but diagnostics on cars. That's all I, I worked on all the check engine lights. I did smogs and I did that because, you know, it's a challenge every day. You're not doing the same thing every day. Right. So right. It makes it nice. I enjoy that. That's cool. Yeah. And so that's obviously one of uh, Rick's uh, biggest gifts is, you know, we ha we advertise uh, sometimes about we service all makes and models. And uh, Rick's obviously one of our team members that enables us to do everything, uh, even to a Mercedes Benz or the European cars are a little different than the, the Japanese yes, cars, aren't they? they are a different breed. They, yeah. uh, some of the German cars, they, they do things because their answer is they do it because they can, not because they have to. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So, so tell us about a, what's a, one of those, an example of that. Um, you will, you kind of laugh and stuff about, you look at some of the other car brands where I remember Lexus used to advertise our cars running at this speed and all the glasses are sitting there and, you know, it's not doing anything. Mercedes does all kinds of things with safety features and airbags and this and that, that they never brag about. It's just something they want to mm -hmm. do just because. to protect just because. Yeah. And, you know, some of their engineering feats, it's like. Most cars, you have to pull the hood off the car to pull if you have to pull an engine out. Mm -hmm. Mercedes-Benz has designed it to where their hoods go all the way straight up, so you don't have to take the hood off the car yeah. to pull the engine and stuff out. There's different things. They yeah. they make them to be worked on, right? but they're a little tight on a lot of things. They shove <laughs> yeah. a lot of stuff in low places. Right, yeah. So Good. Yeah. So I know you spent some time in Hawaii as well. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, it just so happened uh, I was kind of taking a sabbatical from Working at a facility, I was helping a friend out in Logan, and uh, my basically my father-in-law was going to Hawaii for his 70th birthday, so they said, you know, we're going to go. Well, one of the guys I worked with in, in California, um, <clears throat> he was running Fletcher Jones's stores in Hawaii. They have like five or six stores in okay. Hawaii. So I happened to call him up and say, hey, Dan, I'm going to be in Hawaii you know, what's, uh, can you get, point out some good things to do on Waikiki and other stuff, you know? Right. And he goes, uh, Rick, what are you doing right now? And I said, I'm kind of on a sabbatical. And he says, would you be interested in coming to Hawaii and work for maybe three months? I'm like, well, when I get over there, I'll, I'll think about it. He says, when you get here, we'll fly you to Maui and you can look and see if you want to come here and work. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So we uh, we flew over. They flew myself and my girlfriend to Maui. I looked at the facility and said, "Yeah, Dan, I'll do this." So I came home. Um, <laughs> Did it have came a good home view two of the weeks ocean? later. <laughs> two weeks later, they paid to fly me and my tools to Hawaii, and my three month turn there ended up being six months. Yeah, and it was very enjoyable time. The biggest thing was is trying to keep in contact with the other your your better half when. It's a six-hour time difference. Yeah. So, yeah, that's tough. It got it got really tough. That was that was probably the hardest part. Yeah. But it was enjoyable to be there. It's something. It was one of those moments where woulda, coulda, shoulda. If I didn't do it, I'd be kicking myself, saying, "Why did I not do this?" So um, you were in California and then came back to Lancaster before you went to Hawaii, correct? Correct. Yeah. So how did that how did that happen that you came back to Lancaster? Uh, when living in California, I got married and had kids. And we came back to visit. My mom used to live in town. Um, so we came back. My wife's like, you know, this is a pretty nice place to raise kids. You know, a yeah. little different. California was getting a little crazy. Not real bad, but getting. Yeah. So we came back, and I'm like, all right. I said, well, I know there's Mercedes dealers in Columbus. So 
I went to one and they're like, yeah, if you want to come to work here, um, we'll pay to move you from California here and we'll pay you your California wages. So came back and told her. So it's like, okay. She goes, yeah, we can do this. So went back, put the house on the market. It was probably on the market maybe a month Mm -hmm. and sold the house. We packed up, moved back here and found a piece, piece of property, built a house and we lived there for uh, 10, 10 years or so. Yeah. It was nice. And so you've got two kids. I have two kids. Yeah. Yes. So uh, how my old son, are they? my son Austin, Austin is 27 and my daughter Olivia is 24. Uh, she's a school teacher in Columbus and Austin works construction. Okay. So. Great. That sounds good. Yeah. I know before you came to Buckeye, you had your own shop. Yes. So tell me, tell us about that. Um, I was working when I spoke. Before I started my shop, I ran Company Wrench for about a year, and I'm like, I can't do this. So I was looking for a facility. I'm like, I can do a, I can do a repair shop on my own. So when I uh, found a building on Cedar Hill Road, I started to shop, one-man shop at first, and it wasn't six months after that that I had to start looking for technicians. So I found a, I said, let me get somebody that I can train. So I hired somebody out of the Lancaster High School program. I said, yeah. I went there. Why not try to hire from where I came from? Yeah. And did that. And shop actually eventually grew to where I had four technicians, a service writer, wow, and myself great. being there. So great. it was it was good business, but then things change and it was time to get to move on and do something where um felt more comfortable. Yeah. Okay. And so that's when you came to Buckeye? That's when I, well, I took a little, a little back from then I okay. came to Buckeye. <laughs> okay. All right. But yeah, it's, Sounds good. it's been a long journey. I've been doing it for 40-some years now. So. Wow. That's great. So what uh, what was it about Buckeye that uh, attracted you to I just, it, it was, I'm like, heard nothing but good things. So I'm like, yeah. here, let me go check it out and we'll see. And yeah. came in and interviewed and they're like, yeah, you're, yeah come on up. Let's go great. to work. Great. So I was ready to. Come to a good spot and didn't have to drive to Columbus. Nice. That sounds good. That's and another so, big thing. So we mentioned a little bit, obviously, with Rick's uh, skills at diagnosis and working on just a little bit about everything. He uh, is really helpful with our race car. And uh, so we've had a race car for the last few years and uh, getting ready to uh, run in the national championship race down in Daytona in a couple weeks. And so tell us about the preparation for that. Um, trying to get prepared and have everything you can think of that you might need in case something happens uh, requires a lot. But you just you go over the car, um, make sure cool, your cooling system, everything else is working well, everything's tight. Um, it just takes a lot of checking, double checking, and uh, there's a lot involved because even though you think you have everything you need, You'll find out sometimes there's yeah. something you you will not have, but uh, yeah, it's a engine's out right now. Just going over some things, putting things back together, making sure everything's good. Um, we've been doing this for the last couple of weeks now, trying to make sure because you don't want to be that far away. And it's right. Like, oh, so it's, yeah, yeah. We ran last week at Mid Ohio and did well uh, despite having a bit of a turbo uh, mechanical yeah. failure that uh, they were able to correct at the yeah we put another track, put the different. stock turbo back on the car instead of the other turbo it, it was you know you would get a brand new part and it lasts mm, what four or five laps it didn't last very long yeah come apart <laughs> it's yeah. not racing uh puts a few different uh stresses on the car than 
Yeah. Just normal driving for sure. Yeah, you're definitely pushing things to their limits. So that's when, you know, like you're always trying to find better parts that's going to make things work better and last longer. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stress. I know you guys did a lot of work on the car over the winter to kind of fortify it. Tell us about what you did there. Uh, what we did there is running a, we have a 1.5 liter turbo motor. Um, the stock Honda rods, after a lot of races, seem to have a failure point that we've found. So we upgraded and put uh, an H-beam style rod, same same stroke and everything else in the engine, but much stronger. Um, better, A little better piston and ring, so it holds uh, the compression better with the boost on the car. So okay. um, it just, that's one of the things. And then we ported and polished a cylinder head to help with flow in and out. Um, but our little, our little one five turbo, um, with different tunes, we can make it have 200 horsepower up to 350 horsepower. So just change in tune. Yeah. It's really amazing to see they, these guys will, uh, they hook the computer up to this, um, into the control unit, yeah. yeah, the control unit and, um, the data that is on this computer to all the things you can kind of tweak and. Make yeah, you can change mixtures, you can change injection times, um, everything to change your performance. Timing, everything else can all be set through there. Yeah. And you can change just per class that you run in. You can adjust your what your horsepower is and your torque you're allowed to have in that in that class. Right. Yeah. So one of the things we are um, currently going through, doing a little modification on the car. I know I was talking to Eric, um, our driver and fixed operations director, um, that uh, because of the banking of Daytona Motor Speedway and the way the fuel tank works at the actual, it, if we don't modify it, the car will go into stall mode. Yeah, it'll start for gas. It doesn't think that it has gas because the gas goes down to the bottom where there's not a sensor for it. So we're trying to figure out how we can use all the gas in the car without. Yes, uh, that's when you drive on banks, it bank uh, turns and stuff. It does make yeah. a big difference. You have gas moving where it'll starve out and then the car goes lean. Yeah. It's, it, it is amazing. You have to, may have to look at some sort of fuel cell for that. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting stuff. So I know, um, I've met Jenny. Yes. Uh, how'd you meet Jenny? Uh, Jenny, I met on a cancer crawl here in Lancaster about 11, I'd say a little over 11 years ago. And I say it's love at first sight, no, but there was definitely a, a, a good attraction between both of us, and yeah. we just started dating, and we've been at it ever since, and yeah. it's just a, a great, uh, one of the great things I've had in my life right now. Great, and she's from Logan. She or... is from Logan, Ohio, and yeah. uh, she's a school teacher in Logan. Yep. Um, we have a lot of good friends through her. Um, she actually played with Katie Smith in basketball when Neat. she went to Logan. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, you know... Good, good times. Yeah. So um, you guys live in Logan, right? Yes, we live in Logan. Yeah. Uh, we have a five-acre property and with a log cabin on it, and it, it, it's good. It's like going home there is like going to the resort. Yeah. Can't see any other neighbors, and it's peaceful and quiet. Yep. That's great. Sounds good. So um, one other topic I was going to ask you about, and I don't, I'm not sure how long this podcast we want it to go, but... Um, Rick has an affinity for bourbon. Yes, I do. So, <laughs> so Mark has a question. 
I, I have to ask, did you do the bourbon auction we had in Lancaster a couple of years ago? Uh, no, I wasn't really into bourbon a couple couple years ago. It's, really? it's, that was the most amazing thing to see. Really, is they have these rare bourbons, and the and the state auctions off yeah. the bourbon. Yes, they do. And, and we did a radio remote at the at the store here in the pit stop, okay. and there was a line clear out. Oh, I mean, all the way down the road to get in to. To bid on this bourbon, right? Okay. Well, I was at that. Now that you talk about that, yeah, a couple of years. I was I was at the pit stop for that. It's a lottery type thing. You can get in, yes. and you get yeah. the ability just because you get in there and they pull you. Then you get the ability to buy a bottle. As soon as you yeah. said bourbon, it's like, oh my gosh! I oh, bet yeah. you he was there. Yeah. Yes, I was yep. there at that one. Yes, definitely. Uh, yes, I do love bourbon. My collection right now, I probably have eighty-five bottles. Um, I like to share. Yeah, he does. I, I have to admit that uh, Rick occasionally will come in with a little mason jar of, hey, just try this. I think you'll like this. <laughs> so appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's it, You you do get hooked on it. It's one of those things you get a, it's like, yes, I it, like this. I got to find this. And you find the next bottle that you're, um, what do I want to say? It's It's like the... The golden one you're trying to find, and yeah. it's like, oh my goodness! And because they don't distribute, it's not like you can just go to any old store and just pick up what you want. It's they the distribution distribution is very controlled and restricted in a lot Basically, of ways. Basically, what you're what most people are looking for, they're allocated bottles from certain distilleries. They only get so much, and the state will get so many, and they divide them up to the liquor stores. And if you're lucky enough, and they're there that day, and you're Probably yeah. waited your two or two and a half hours in line to go get a bottle. <laughs> right. You might be lucky enough to get one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, it's one of the favorites is Blanton's. Everybody's looking for Blanton's. Yeah. Um, it is. I have, I have all the letters. I do have that collection. You do. So, okay. Yes, all I right. do. Neat. Good. Yeah. So uh, I had to bring up uh, <laughs> Rick's bourbon affinity and a craft beer. I mean, yes. we could talk craft beer too, but um so one of the questions I've been asking uh, our guests recently has been uh, if there's one thing that um, people might be surprised to know about Rick Barnett, what would that one thing be? Well, I know everybody knows that I'm straight shoot. I don't shoot from the hip. I'm what I say is what it's. Straight I'm right shooting. there. I don't. I don't pull any punches. I don't anything. But one thing probably that a lot of people don't know. I get really emotional about certain things. I can watch certain things and it just hits the heartstrings and it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't take much. And it's like, I'm kind of really a softy, but on the outside, kind of a rough exterior. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's good. That's good. It's pretty much it. I won't try to make you cry on the podcast. I, I was going to tell you. I won't. I haven't seen, haven't seen anything going to make me cry yet. Okay, no. good. All right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, any, any other things you'd, you'd like to share with the, uh, audience or any topics that we missed? No, I think that, I think that's everything. We've covered it. We've gotten to know Rick Barnett a little bit yep, better. You got to know me a lot better. Okay. <laughs> well, we appreciate you. Appreciate you having you on the team and, uh, everything you do for the Buckeye Automotive family. And, uh, thank you, Rick. Thank you very much, Scott. Appreciate I enjoy it. being there. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Getting to Know You. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click the subscribe button and spread the word by sharing on social media. We hope you've enjoyed getting to know more about Buckeye, our team, and the community.